sharpen your pencils, adjust your glasses, fill those pocket protectors, because you've never heard nerds like this. Matt and Chris engage in rampant speculation. What's the name of our podcast again? Rampant Speculation. Rampant Speculation. Okay. I, I mean, think. I mean, that's not finalized, but we can edit that go out. with that yeah. for now. Yeah. So, um, all right. This is Chris and Matt here. We're at the Asinine Media. And each week we wanted to kind of do a overlook on stories and movies, but more so stories that have movies and maybe some that don't even don't have movies. But a kind of a podcast about stuff that we find fun and intriguing that we've spent way too many hours probably looking into. Um, today's session is going to be about Harry Potter, and there probably could be a thousand things we could do with Harry Potter and episodes we could do with Harry Potter. But really just kind of questions that we have that most people ask and no one kind of seems to talk about. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good summary. Um just kind of digging uh, behind the scenes a little bit, not, you know, ask, trying to speculate. There's going to be a lot of rampant speculation. <laughs> so it's not a lot of the stuff we're talking about is just going to be kind of almost conspiracy level kind of stuff. We're going to be taking what's written and then trying to extrapolate from that um, uh, more information about the world's that these stories inhabit. So I kind of want to kick off with starting about the books kind of start right away with the death of Harry's parents. And um, we never really dive into Harry's parents at all. Do you find it satisfying or unsatisfying that we, A, never know Harry's parents at all beyond kind of what other people's opinions are? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess you call it anecdotal. It's anecdotal evidence that we always get from other people. And two, um... Would you like to see kind of a Lily and um, and and James story kind of line, or um, uh, and Lily's sister, um, you know, and and how they interacted growing up? Because the books kind of do a good job of showing you snippet when they're younger with with Snape, but they don't give you an idea of anything that's in that. You know, you kind of have to guesswork and like, yeah, they were good people, but they weren't good people. They were just flawed like most people are inherently. Um, Mm -hmm. And they had inherent issues that everyone kind of deals with growing up. But you don't really know anything about them because they're so young when they die. I think they're in their 20s when they die. Right. Because... I mean, they just graduated and had Harry kind of four or five years after that. They were dead, killed by Voldemort. So right. what, is, what is your feelings on that? I, well, I, I don't know that I would want to read about, like, have a, see a story about them per se. In this, but I, I like the amount of information we have so far. I like the way it was introduced, I, that kind of biased storytelling. I, um where we start out with a very rosy picture of them that we get from Hagrid and then Sirius and even Dumbledore to an extent, although he's always very coy about things. But uh, then we find out from 
Snape's perspective that they did not always come across to people as virtuous for good reason. Well, Lily did, but, um, you know, it's, I, I like those kind of playing with, um, reality kind of situations where you don't really know exactly what's true because that's more like real life. No, we don't know exactly what's going on in a person's head that we interact with. We kind of have to draw conclusions based on our own perspectives. One thing I, one thing I found that was pretty interesting is getting into the sixth book. Um, when, when you're in the Eve or, or in the order of the Phoenix, even when you're, mm-hmm. when you're, um, when you're getting into the Eve and Snape's trying to teach Harry and mm-hmm. it's not going very well. And you start seeing some of those snippets of Snape's life when he gets into Snape's, um, thoughts that he put in the Eve. One thing I thought was interesting was she hated James at what point did they fall in love or like that's the kind of question I had like what yeah. what was it what was the turning point because she obviously didn't like him because he right. was like an arrogant stuck up even serious thought like would laugh about it like oh your dad was always messing up his hair and- yeah I think well I always interpret that as kind of like your classic romantic comedy situation where the the laughably incompatible people end up being the true loves <laughs> you know it's well, it, I've had a couple of those situations that never worked out for me. So right. I, was, I was like looking well, at like, yeah. well, that shit never worked for me. So, right. uh, yeah. like, it, I just wonder how they kind of yeah, got over that hump. Cause, yeah, because I don't think they they didn't really tell you how they got over that. No, and and secondly, because and they never discuss really what you do after school. You take your newts, you know, but they don't ever discuss what you really do afterwards. So you just mm-hmm. like go find a job. Because Tom Riddle just kind of worked in Bork's and uh, Berg's uh, shop right. down in Nocturne Alley. You know, just, and he was and too brilliant to work kept there. kept trying to become a defense against the dark arts, but kept getting denied by Dumbledore. Yeah, but my, my thing is, so it's like, it seems like a lot of wizarding people, like, after they leave Hogwarts, they kind of just split. You know what I mean? Right. It, well, and it's not, that's something that's not very well, I don't think it's very well fleshed out is... What uh, the economy of the wizarding world? Because the well, the only marketplace we see is Diagon Alley, and I mean, it's so small. You get the sense that there's this much larger world, unless the total population. Godric Carla has some stop shops. Yeah, in it. yeah, but unless the the entire population of wizards in the world is like under ten thousand. Uh, it, the everything that we see in it is very small towny, and there's obviously way more wizards than that, and we don't we don't really get a a good feel for that kind of commerce and, and foreign wizards too that would right. travel over. Right. So that brings me to our kind of conspiracy theory speculation first point. So I read a good theory the other day on Harry Potter that the Ministry of Magic, the reason it's the Ministry and not like the State of Magic or anything, is that it's part of the overall Ministry in England. That it's not like a standalone because after there's there was obviously a war between humans um, and wizards, mm-hmm. and that was really bloody, and a lot of wizards died in that war um, because the goblins joined the war. Um, and the goblins made can make special armor that give humans the ability to kill wizards and, yeah. and defend against spells and stuff. And so there was like a huge war that we, and that had taken place. And so after that war, it's kind of like I heard the theory that humans won in a way. And then 
that's why the wizards went into, went into hiding. Because if you look in, like, when Snape was talking about in the book two, when Harry crashes the car, Snape's like, you broke the wizarding law of international secrecy. It's right. like, because they had to go into hiding, and, like, they hide because that was kind of, like, the agreement, like, the treaty. Right. It's like, they would become the ministry, you know, and that's why it's, it's always funny that whenever the ministry reports to the overall minister, like, as right. I'm like so I don't, what but, do you think about but, that? Well, the, the question I'd have about that, then, is what about other countries? Because... Well, because no, they're reporting the to the ministry of of the UK, and so it works in that sense. If there was an like a UK limited war between humans, and but I would be interested in learning what, what is the ministry of magic, the the government for the entire world of wizards, or is it just it's or just the British ones? Well, if you look at um, it's just the British because if you look at the movie. Um, uh, Fantastic Beasts, where right. to find them? Yeah. The U.S. has their own, yeah. has their own wizarding law and wizarding court, but it's yeah. it's still inside a court system. Right. So, it's, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting theory. Not that it's not that yeah. it'll stick, but that's why I love about right. Harry Potter's because you can yeah. kind of there's that, come that up would with be these interesting. Ideas. The other question would be when did this war happen? Because I want to say it was like in a. It was back with Garmin, Goblin armor. So it was, I think it was like in the 1600s. It was, it was, right. it was right after. It was, it was during I guess America. Was well, the reason the Hogwarts was, was well, the reason the Hogwarts was formed yeah. was because of that war. They realized that kids needed a place to go to learn and and not be uh, not be killed or be scrutinized or yeah. or whatnot. So they went to hiding. So the founders. It was so it had to have been like the sixteen. I think the the castle was created in like the sixteen hundreds. Same about the same time Livermore was. Um, when uh, when we were talking about uh, the Harry Potter more yeah. stuff, and it was about the same time that was created because it, it mentions Slytherin's wand and stuff in there too. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're maybe within a uh, century of, of of each other, but it's just interesting to think that. I mean, and nowadays I always thought, you know, I always had that thought in my mind: what would a real war, real time war, be like between wizards and and humans yeah you know with, with we have nukes and tanks could they could they stop it you know they seem more powerful than us but at the same right. time are they really more powerful yeah that would be interesting because yeah so that gets one back into the question of population size because if they really are that small of a population like under ten thousand, like i was saying or even under fifty thousand, um it, you know there becomes the question of whether we could simply overwhelm them with our technology and our numbers. You know, even though it's not magical technology like it was in this hypothetical goblin war, goblin-human war, um, it would, like, you know, a nuclear explosion puts off a lot of energy, and I would imagine it require very powerful magic to contain that or to, to fight against that. And then, you know, if you had... A million bullets raining down on your position even that would be difficult to to combat so i'm not that would be i i think it would be an interesting question but you have to answer more questions for me to be able to really say what the case would be on that yeah, and, and this is something different, but on like the first, like the big Rising War did actually exist, and it kind of mentions it throughout the books. Yeah. Um, if you kind of pay attention to like when they're in history class, they talk about right. the Goblin revolts. Right. And um, I do remember those. Yeah. Goblins are so powerful, 
And that's why they're always like, that's why they protect like green gods. But it's kind of weird how goblins, I think goblins had died off. Like wizards had killed a lot of goblins and that's kind of why they're in green gods. It was, they were going to be extinct. This is just talking about uh, right. Voldemort. Um, but I thought that was always an interesting question is like, what would happen? I guess my next question is, are wizards racist? <laughs> because they say muggle a lot. Yeah, even the even like even it the just good seems like, <laughs> yeah, like oh you, you, muggle. you muggle like I was like <laughs> so well yeah I mean that's... are they subtly a little bit racist against uh, right or but it, would, so. would you be a xenophobe or would you be a racist that's probably they're kind of similar concepts really when you get down to the the fundamentals of it but yeah that's probably would fall more into the line of xenophobia because but it's yes it's <laughs> It's it's genetic based too, or whatever that is, because it's it's not about the country that they're from or the culture they're from. It's about the fact that they are they just are. biologically incapable of using magic, which would be a lot like being biologically your skin is a different color. Or I guess maybe if it was, you know, if it was like a community of singers <laughs> and they're like these bi- people who can't sing they're just biologically incapable to, so I was like I was like you know because I grew up with Harry Potter you know it was, it was put on the 90s I'm an 80s baby you know you kind of kind of grew up with Harry Potter throughout school and I was like was I subtly being taught to be racist right. by well, Harry but Potter no I think because Harry Potter comes down pretty strongly against all of that though. true but true but, but... And, and I think it does it pretty cleverly because they they show the world as it is where they like the people the even the good people are like oh muggles and muggle this muggle that but they they break down those especially like in the case of house elves they really you know they present the status quo and they even have good people defending the status quo but they undermine that and they show you in the end that it's really not a very good system but overall the the over arc of wizards it seemed like they seem to be racist because i guess um mr weasley was such a was like a really good wizard actually and and even um malfoy talks about how uh, good of a wizard he was um, uh, and um, saying that he decided to take the muggle-loving path, you know, because he loved, like, muggle protection and he wrote a lot of the books and rules and laws and regulations against what you can and can't do against muggles. But it seems a lot of people held uh, Draco's dad's opinion on that. Yeah. um, That, oh, this look at this muggle lover over here right you know what i mean well and also you can even look at the way weasley acts about muggles and it's and correlate it to you know like the way some you know early 1900s white anthropologist that you know has good intentions but he's like, oh, look at how all these black people act. <laughs> Isn't it so crazy, these black people, the way they they do all this crazy stuff? And they got some nice spices. Yeah, like, oh, they don't even know what a telephone is. You know, like, and that's very much the way that Weasley acts about muggles. Uh, perfectly well-intentioned. It's not meant to be a diss on him, but um, you know, you know, that's part of the... Um, re- that's kind of what happens when you have such heavy degree of separation between worlds, between groups of people. 
Um, you're just astounded yeah, by one part. When, when you, if you don't interact with them, if you're not allowed to interact with each other, you're going to develop all of these misconceptions and um, and bar- and barriers that, um, yeah, that, that get in the way of understanding and even seeing each other as as uh, the same. So what I think is funny um, <laughs> about Mr. Weasley, and I think it's funny about the whole thing is, they always talk about how muggles dress, but if you watch the movies, they're dressed like muggles for like the entire movie. Like Harry's wearing a hoodie and yeah. jeans. I don't, I don't understand that. Like they wear like their wizard robes. Yeah, they only. But they still wear wizard. They still wear like, like regular. Yeah, like a sweater vest with a tie. Is it's a very. So are they preppy? Nice. Is that, they're just metro. Like the every wizard is, is super metro. Right. The, Snape's goth, obviously. Right. There's well, they Snape, or the funny emo. thing is though when they. <laughs> Like they still have, they have like a few wizards that they use to highlight the craziness of the way wizards dress, but they don't actually like commit to that because more wizards should be like that. Really, if you think about it, then that's kind of what the books kind of imply, but yeah, they don't fully commit to that. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to do a plug real quick. There's a great book series I've read that I really want you to read. It's called Off to Be the Wizard. And it's um, written by Scott Meyer, who does a lot of the comics and like the Sunday comics. He's great. And it's about this this young man who discovers that the world is actually a computer program. Mm. And so like he hacks it, changes his bank account, gets in trouble. And, and then yeah. so, he has to, so he has to leave. So he picks like the feudal ages to go back to in, in England in that time. And yeah. so he goes back to England and he, he, can, like, he can manipulate the formula, like the algorithms to like make himself powerful and look like right. a wizard. And it's really good. But like he always wears like a crazy wizard, like clothes, dress, yeah. and has like a crazy <laughs> staff. And right. the people that he meets are like, there's other wizards there. They have, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really well drawn out. And um, it's funny too. It's, a, yeah. it's really funny. But that reminds me of this, like no one dresses like a wizard besides uh, like Hogwarts they still wear like sweater vests and ties and they have robes right but yeah like in the books well I, I'm sure there are a few p- characters in the movies but like there's some there's several characters that like they're men walking around in dresses yeah and all that kind of stuff like they they they, they just didn't really like fully double down on that which I, I think, think the first time if you listen to the first book and then the opening sequence, um, right. I think she really had it heavy because she talks about Dursley, um, Vernon Dursley driving to work, and he's like looking around all these oddly dressed people celebrating in like the streets because Voldemort yes. just, yeah, just vanquished. Yeah. And um, but other than that, it's the only time you really think that they're kind of weird. Right. Well, and Hagrid comes in and he's very weird. He's got an umbrella. Uh, of course, like he's like twelve blonde. foot tall. Yeah, well, he's also yeah because he's part <laughs> giant. Um, so, and I think what, what's Dumbledore's brother's name? Uh, he wasn't, he dressed um, kind of weird. It's, uh, Albus and Aberforth. 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 Yeah. Uh, I think Aberforth, he was yeah. dressed kind of weird. And then there's, there's a few Dumbledore other. Dumbledore always wore, wore, uh. Yeah, he just red. wore robes all the yeah, time. Yeah, all the time. I think, I think maybe that's. Blue robes. The standard wizard attire, although they didn't show that in the movies. In the movies, it was like they put on the robes every now and then when they were, over the top of Gondor regular never clothes. seemed to be wearing a robe, a, a robe. She always had like a like a skirt and like a, a coat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like so, it was never like kind of like a Mary Potter or not Mary Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins look, yeah. Mary Potter. Well, Ma- you can go. She's probably a witch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Well, I, she is you a wizard. If you think it. about yeah. it, she flies She's in with the umbrella. She probably went to Hogwarts. She probably stole Hagrid's wand and yeah. the pink umbrella. Well, what would you say? She was a Gryffindor? Or no way. She's a Hufflepuff for sure. She's pretty ferocious and and speaks her mind. Uh, maybe she's a Ravenclaw then. Maybe. I'm, or she could, or it's funny thing is, not that but the funny thing is with how all those like children people, she's yeah. probably really a Slytherin. Yeah, she's manipulating all these <laughs> yeah. children to her ends. Actually, I, I like Mr. Robbins, like, uh, definitely Slytherin. Yeah. Yes. Like there's no way you can wear that and be that happy. You wear that mini sweaters <laughs> like all the time and be happy. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Mr. Rogers. I said Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. I was thinking with our band teacher. Yeah, our band teacher from high school. But... Yeah, he would definitely be a humble buff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, that's yeah. kind of funny. I think, uh, what do you think Kim Kardashian would be? Kim Kardashian? Would she get in? Um... <laughs> <laughs> would she get in? <laughs> uh, uh, I guess Slytherin. Slytherin. Image. All about image. Projection. Projection. I think... Uh, Projection would be like the biggest question. Like, if you but got it, could be, yeah, she could be Gryffindor, even actually, technically. I mean, because you know, supposedly the houses aren't supposed to be evil versus good, and supposedly you have bad Gryffindor. Every house, yeah, right. So, she could probably, I could see her being Gryffindor, just well, kind of Peter Pettigrew is, is a bad Gryffindor, yeah, but he's he's bad Gryffindor because he's kind of cowardly. <laughs> But, uh, but that just like shows. it failed, like it was a failure of the sorting system. But I think like there's got to be bad Gryffindors that are that do embody Gryffindor, but it's you know they do it in a bad way. And I think Kardashian might, you know, she's she's loud, you know, she's she's yeah, image. I don't. Know. I think I think I don't know her well enough. I guess I think that Sirius Lupin and James turned Peter Pettigrew bad. They were so involved with each other and they were so good at what they did that he just always looked he he fell into the the I guess one of the seven deadly sins of envy. You know what I mean? Right. You could say. And his envy Well, is what there's is, a very strong parallel there between James's group and Harry's group. True. And you can say that Ron Neville Oh Neville is, yeah. is, is Peter, Peter Pettigrew. But turned and, out good. Right. Well because and you could say, yeah, you could say the differences and how they act because Harry because James was definitely arrogant. So and serious. They're both very arrogant, um, and not very concerned with other people's emotions. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um I, I'd say you could say that that difference is what made Neville turn out good. And, and Harry never out. made fun of people because what I loved, um, I was listening to um, Hey Brother, it's a YouTube channel, and they were talking about um, a, a thing that's like a really a, a psychology syndrome, and it's um, uh, and it's about how people feel about themselves in a certain situation. So Harry never liked the attention, like he never thought that he was good enough to do. They to do what he was going to do, and um, I always I always like that. Like he was um, an impasse or something like that. I can't remember what that what it's called. It's just slipping my tongue right now, but it was really well done because Harry's that type of person that when stuff would happen to him, it was because he was great, but he just never thought himself as being great. Mm -hmm. And whereas James knew he was good, right. and that's what kind of what pushed Peter Pettigrew over the side. So, right. like, they kind of made fun of Peter Pettigrew a little bit, but Harry never had that. I think that's right. why you saw the switch between Neville and, and Peter. Right, yeah, I think that's true. Also, you know, Voldemort trying to manipulate. I mean, you didn't have Voldemort whispering in Neville's ear like you did in Peter Pettigrew's ear, so yep. there's, a, there's another difference. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, true, but, you know. There wasn't anyone there was, like Voldemort for Neville is the point. Like, he's like a once-in-a-generation or multiple-generation evil Was he more powerful than um, Grindelwald? It's, they certainly make it seem that way. Um, because they he does s- end up killing Grindelwald. Because Dumbledore nice. kind of took Grindelwald down by himself, but of course he was his good friend, and so he maybe had enough intimate knowledge of Grindelwald to do that. But, you know, I, th- I think he's got it. They make it seem like he's more powerful because Dumbledore could barely hold court with, like a, with Voldemort at the end of Order of the Phoenix. Oh, I think he was doing just fine then. I think Voldemort wasn't even... If, if you look at the book, he wasn't even, like, breathing hard. But I think but the difference is, too, Dumbledore's also, like, 50 years older Right. at that point. You know, he's he's that's, he's aged significantly. Well, that um, could be true. Yeah, that, that's another thing. Well, and, and also Voldemort weakened himself with the Horcruxes. He, true, yeah. Which Dumbledore said that he misinterpreted it, thinking it would give him more power. That or he e- falsely equated eternal life with more power, power. and uh, all it did was really weaken him. If he was smart enough, he would have been like Nicholas Flamel with the Sorcerer's Stone and just found a way to live for six hundred years. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or um, yeah, he could kill all the muggles he wanted to. Right. Um, or even like maybe just one Horcrux. <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Like, you, do you really need seven? But right. seven. But seven is is was a significant like a, number to him. him. Yeah, it's, it's significant. A lot of magic stuff, but it didn't seem to actually. Help him. It didn't seem to be that significant. Well, another thing that I wanted to talk about, too, we kind of hit on it a little bit, was Dumbledore and Grindelwald's battle. And how did Dumbledore ever beat Grindelwald? Because Grindelwald had the Elder One. And so now that we're seeing these movies, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them came out, Newt was actually... Was Dumbledore was a huge fan of Newt, even though even though Newt was expelled from Hogwarts, um, but he was expelled when D- Dumbledore was a, uh, was a teacher there. Yeah. And... So one of the great things I love about it is what the theories I've been hearing and reading on the, on the net are that Hagrid and Newt know each other and Hagrid and Newt help Dumbledore during that battle of Grindelwald because Grindelwald is a prime character in the movies. Yeah. So that's going to be in, 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 in the next movie showing that we're going to have a young Dumbledore in that movie and I cool, think we're going to cool. see some battles. Um, so I'm excited to see and that would make a lot of sense. Like I would trust Hagrid with my life like because Hagrid's already saved yeah. his life before and, and like they use the magical creatures kind of help out during the duel because it doesn't really go into the duel. They never go into the duel just that Dumbledore beat him yeah. it was like the duel of all duels yeah that would be an interesting one and and that's something that's interesting about Fantastic Be- Beasts is the that whole um, Grindelwald war conflict as a backdrop to it when I first heard the name it announced and the name of it was that I was like that does not sound interesting at all but Sounds childish. It's, yeah, well, and you know, they probably honestly didn't need that name. That was, that was, you know, the the Fantastic Beasts. That, you know, they're just pulling that from the, the books, right? And it seems forced. Not I. I would have gone with a different naming scheme myself. I mean, I'm, ex- I'm ex- <laughs> but, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm excited to see it because I also, you know, it's just as like, I'm really hoping they do a um, skipping books here. I really hope they do um, a Robert's Rebellion, you know, like show like the rebellion in a, in a feature yeah. film. I mean, that would yeah. be fucking awesome. That one, that, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Those, so I kind of like to look at the prequels. Well, but the thing, prequels are dangerous. 
as we learn from Star Wars, because <laughs> the rise of uh, Anakin Skywalker and his fall to Darth Vader should have been very way more compelling than it was. So it should take so different. So sometimes maybe maybe be careful what you want. But yes, the, Robert's Rebellion. I would love to see a TV show about that. Oh man, a TV show or just a, a feature film like the yeah, Trident, that one, the you, Battle of the Trident would. You be might be amazing. able to do that into a feature film. Yeah. I think you could if you hit the main main battles right. and whatnot. Well, and they don't have all these characters you have to pay homage to from the books. Take a better than Stark actor because yeah. the one from the TV show was horrible. I, I liked... Did you I, like him? I didn't there, like he him. was only in it for like three seconds. I know. So I just like, He looked really weird to me. I don't, I don't he know. He decent enough. But with the CGI they have now, I don't know why they didn't just <laughs> CGI young Sean Bean. Yeah, that doesn't but, make any sense. I agree. Um, Dan, they could do it with the new Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but no, I uh, back to Harry Potter. I I'm really excited about the next Fantastic Beast and where to find them because it's coming up soon. And I'm I'm the first one was good. It blew my socks off for. I was expecting it to be a dump. Like I was right, not right. excited to see it, and my socks were blown off for the fact that that was the greatest movie ever. Just like I'm like that really didn't suck. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, it's amazing shit. what low expectations can do for your exp- enjoyment of a movie. Well, yeah. I, I thought it was cool how they showed Grindelwald and I was I was kind of excited to see his character anyhow because when you see him in the movie and it, when you see him in the book, like he's already, he's done, he's he's been yeah, in Azkaban exactly. for so yeah. long and he's, he, you know, he's been in jail and, and rather Dementors, he's just, he's just over. Um, so I was excited to see that and, and, and just how the Harry Potter world is kind of going, going to evolve. So before this podcast um, even started tonight, Chris and I decided to kind of take our Pottermore test. We kind of wanted to see where, yeah. where we lied and what our relativity to Harry Potter was. And I got the house of Ravenclaw, which kind of suits me a little bit. And um, my Patronus is a pheasant, which I have no idea. It is a bird like Ravenclaw. So there's a connection. Yeah, but a raven's like raven's I would have chose. I love horror movies and yeah, I love like yeah. stuff like that. So a raven. But, maybe, but see, a patronus is supposed to be positive, so maybe you can't have a raven as a patronus. <laughs> but maybe that's its reasoning. But also, I will say, I went to Benedict, Saint Benedict, right, for college. Yeah. So and the raven. The no, but the raven that. saved Saint Benedict's life because he didn't eat the food that was poison. So there's that's yeah, a ravens, positive. Ravens see? get a bad rap, that's for sure. <laughs> they do. And then I got a cedar wood with a dragon heart string core 12 and a half inches and reasonably supple flexibility which don't even know it how took to a, a long time to lo- learn how to pronounce that it did reasonably <laughs> supple flexibility like they could have really written that better um so it was, it's it's really cool because you get to take the test and it's kind of fun to see what house you're going to be in and i'm like why was it going to be ravenclaw i first for sure thought it was going to be gryffindor but that's probably a personal bias more than anything and um, and then we'll talk a little bit about it in a minute, but we also did our North American houses. Chris, you want to kind of go over what house you got? Yeah, um, I'm trying to pull it up. Well, okay, my, my house was Gryffindor, um, which surprised me. I was actually expecting Hufflepuff just because of some Facebook quizzes that were not official ones that I took, and I was consistently getting Hufflepuff in them. Um, I don't ever see you as a Hufflepuff. I, I never see. Did. I I... I well, when I first got out, I was like, oh, I wasn't in Gryffindor. That's sad. But the more I thought about it, the more I liked it because I, I care about other people. I want to help people. I'm, I'm very service-oriented. So that and, – and, you know, you read about a lot of Hufflepuffs are, you know, the, 
very brave and they're service oriented though it's the difference between them and Gryffindor but um, the the thing is on Pottermore they they seem to associate Hufflepuff a lot more with taking care of animals you know like and plants and and nat- nature kind of stuff well and then these Facebook quizzes I think so I think so it probably makes sense that I'm more of a Gryffindor in that regard. I definitely have a lot of Ravenclaw tendencies. Matt was certain I was going to get Ravenclaw, but for sure I thought you were going to be. I thought um, you were going to join me. But I, 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 I likened it to this. I'm probably like the Hermione of Gryffindor because I vary into learning as much as I can. But um, I think you have yeah. leader attributes too. So, and I think the biggest def, def, differential between Hufflepuff and and and, and the Gryffindors is to the they're a lot of leaders, a lot mm-hmm. of people that kind of take charge in Gryffindor. Yeah. Um, Hufflepuffs kind of seem to be behind the scenes. They seem to, well, be like, uh, yeah. to kind of follow the lead a little bit. Um, it'd be kind of interesting to look up. I've never done this before. Has there ever been a Mr. Magic that was from Hufflepuff? Hmm, I don't know. You know, I want to, yeah. there are probably a lot of them are probably from Ravenclaw or, right. or um, Gryffindor. Or Slytherin. Slytherin. Definitely Slytherin for sure. Yeah. They're definitely Slytherin's Lots like a political machine. It's like it's yeah. like Tammany Hall. <laughs> yeah. And then um, so my Patronus was a beagle, which is <laughs> interesting. I, I think that suits you so well. I just, I've never owned a beagle, so I don't know where I'm getting this association. But I they're cute animals. So, I see you owning a beagle. Um, I don't. My dog does, even though he's definitely not a beagle, but he does kind of have some beagle colorings in terms of the browns and the whites. Um, so yeah, that's my dog, Mache. It's a Polish name. All right. Um, now my wand was a hornbeam wood with a dragon heartstring core, 12 and a half inches and pliant flexibility. So we had to look up the difference here because Matt's, uh, wand was reasonably, reasonably supple flexibility, reasonably supple flexibility. And mine was pliant flexibility. And even though we kind of knew what both supple and pliant meant, we had to actually look it up to see the difference, why, how those were different, because they seemed like the same word to us. Um, and I guess pliant is just a little more bendy. So the way I, they, it's often associated with like a willow tree. So I think mine will kind of like droop a little bit. That's what I was imagining. Like, <laughs> even, and whereas Matt's is easy to bend, but mine is actually kind of droopy a little bit. So I guess I need some <laughs> wand Viagra or something. Yeah. <laughs> that means Chris's, Chris's wand is not going to age well. <laughs> but but the horn being wood, I really like that. The definition of, of that was interesting. Yeah, so um, cedar for, like, it gives you definitions of the wands, which I think Pottermore is, is really cool. I think it's really well done. I'm really excited that she expanded the universe and yeah. <clears throat> took the time to do it. I think most authors would never do this. Right. And I thought it was really well done. So cedar is, um, my wand gets more attributed to um, something that would be strong and um, it's something, I would be quick-witted pretty much, you know. It's something that you wouldn't expect me to be that person that would be a strong adversary because then that's kind of what my wand is for. So it'd be powerful and and also kind of the same as Chris's, um, very vulnerable to mistakes. So yeah, I could I could do I could do something awesome core. one moment and blow the shit on myself the next. So I right. could be making this huge sacrifice victory and I go to shoot red sparks in the air and then blow myself up. Right. So like the end of the movie would be true to like bittersweet. Like yes. I save the 
day and then I kill myself. <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> Accidentally, and that, yeah. That's the dragon heartstring core, which I think is what... No, wait. What Harry's is, is a phoenix. Phoenix. Because his, his yeah. phoenix fell tether. Just yeah. one other phoenix yeah, fell tether. Yeah, and, that was and one other one was Voldemort's. And it was from Dumbledore's... It was from Dumbledore's phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, that's... Come on, Dumbledore. You, you well, made... You made Voldemort. The funny thing about it, I didn't get to read it yet, but I saw it on my in reading so many list. Ways. Is where Dumbledore's Phoenix came from. Oh, where's that? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't get to read it. I that really, would be interesting. I'm, in, I'm interested to see where it came from. Well, that would be a good Netflix. We were talking earlier a, a Netflix series of Harry Potter. Um, like, what would be a good thing? And I wasn't really a big fan of it, but actually, I think that the young, the Adventures of Young Dumbledore, would be an interest. Like pre. Grindelwald, even like. Should we copyright well, this right now? I guess now? Grindelwald was there. He was young with Grindelwald, wasn't he? That's what we learned. So maybe it wouldn't be that interesting. So maybe the adventures of Dumbledore between Grindelwald and, uh, and and Hogwarts. I think it'd be cool to see. Just um, like him going around and be- befriending a phoenix. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know if you befriended. I think it may have came from Newt. I yeah. think we're going to find that answer out. Yeah. Fantastic Beast. Yeah. Because I think Newt finds it somewhere right. and, and saves it, and then he finds Fox. Right. Um, because it seems like Phoenix are, are severely loyal because when Dumbledore dies, so does Fox. You know, which is super, like... Right. Like, it just kills me. He sang his last song, you know. Well, um, but then he's reborn because he's a phoenix. But. Well, I think he just dies, dies. No, uh, I don't... He, did, I, no, he I, never comes back. Or, like, he just no, flies he away. Leaves, he leaves Hogwarts. Oh, uh, okay. Because remember, he does sing at Dumbledore's funeral. It's, yeah. like, this really oh, okay. sad thing. So I read that differently. Maybe it's not his funeral. Maybe it's just... It's his funeral. That yeah. Later that night or something, but, yeah. No, it's, 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 his, it's his funeral because you can't even sing. And, right. Um, I, I didn't cry, but I definitely, like, teared up a little bit. I mean, yeah. uh... That death came out of nowhere. I so, did not okay, see that which, death coming. Which death impacted you the most emotionally? The most emotionally, um, Fred. I just For can't me, see. I can't see losing my brother. It was Dobby. Dobby, uh, I saw Cause, Dobby. Because one that was very unexpected. Yep. Um, a similar one that I think a lot more people would say this one than Dobby is um, um, Hedwig. When Hedwig, just because you know, see, but I like that death. I well, think it was I, a good death. I All, think that most of the deaths are good. like Dobby's death was good too. Okay, there were two terrible deaths in the entire book that I completely disagree with. Yeah, and it just and it pisses me off to this day. They're not good deaths. One because you know in the movies you don't see anything about the deaths. In the books you don't know anything about them. Lupin and Tonks. Yeah, they both did not need they to die. Died off page too. Yeah, you know, and it's just like they're they're, they're two main characters. They they've been in um, Tonks was there from very sad from like the fourth book Goblet of Fire I think or yeah. or the fifth book at least for sure no she was in the fourth book yeah she was in the she was in the fourth for the Goblet Travers Travers the tournament so you have you have Lupus or Lupin I'm sorry Lupus is my mom's guy but Lupin from the <laughs> uh, from from the Prisoner of Azkaban so you have him for five books yeah you know and it's just like. You're going to kill him off, off off page. And I don't mind that Lupin died or that Tonks died, but you kill them both. And then it never explains what happened to Harry's godson because Harry's technically the godson. Yeah. But he doesn't have control over the kid. Right. And I think he just went to her parents, but... Right. But technically, if he's a godparent, he would assume control over the kid. Well, right? it depends. Like, it depends godparent's on... not a, a, a legal term. It used to be, but... Um, it's or maybe it still is, but a lot of people will make someone a godparent, but that doesn't actually mean anything okay. legally speaking. Um, it's a religious thing. Most Those, of the they're time. still. It's just frustrating me. I, I, 
Oh, I think the death of Fred was fine. You know what I mean? I, I, I it, that hurt me the most more than anything. I didn't see that one coming at all. Yeah. I had a feeling that one of them might die. Um, she toyed with it a little bit in the in the sixth book when uh, or the seventh book in the at the very beginning when George was uh, uh, attacked and he's missing his ear, and um, and so they toyed with that a little bit. But um, Hedwig, I I love Hedwig's death. Not to say I love Hedwig dying, but I think out of Hedwig to die makes a lot of sense. And how she died protecting Harry, I think was. Right. Or she wasn't really protecting well, there, Harry. Well, it was but... a good death. Like oh yeah, in the book, yeah, she flies a, into she flies into it. I think a, a killing curse, yeah, and yeah. Um, and same with Dobby, he jumps in front of Harry as they're apparating and takes the dagger to the heart. Um, but that one, it's yeah. I mean that that's the one that impacted me the most um, out of all of them. Yeah, and he buried Dobby. I think that was. Yeah, I thought that, that was good. Adds to it, yeah. That adds to it. They did a little funeral. Um, Dumbledore caught me off surprise, but I think it makes you have to kill Dumbledore because yeah. Harry can't continue his story if Dumbledore is still alive. Yeah. Because why would why would Harry ever fight Voldemort by himself if Dumbledore's there? Right. You know what I mean? It would make no sense. He, he kind of had to die for it to be a compelling story okay. about Harry. So another thing over the arc, because we're talking about all the books in general, um, one thing that I was always frustrated with was Harry's lack of power. And I, just a little bit of spells. Like, his spell mm-hmm. development was terrible. Right. And, I, and, I, and like, so here's, here's, here's the issue I have I the agree. most. At the very end of the book, McGonagall, um, Kingsley, and um, another, oh, Slughorn, so Slughorn, McGonagall, and Kingsley are all dueling Voldemort. All three of them. He's dueling three people at one time. You know, and I get that Harry spells in his wand. Like, he still has – he's truly the – he has the Elder Wand. He's a true master of the Elder Wand. Um, so I get that wand's not, not loyal to Voldemort, which may be a theory and why he should win. But he should know a little bit more spells, you know? Yeah. Well, the final, the final battle with Voldemort in and of itself – Actually, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's about perfect because the whole concept of that was that Voldemort did himself in because of his hatred and all of that. But I would say thematically throughout the whole books that Harry is not 100%, but like very undeserving of a lot of the praise he gets. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he was the boy who lived, and so we all know that's undeserving praise, and they handle that kind of conflict where Harry doesn't feel worthy about it and everything. But the other thing is he's a pretty unremarkable magical student, except for he's good flying on a broom. But he, so he's well, kind of like a jock, uh, but he, he never really... The Patronus is good. In terms of, of magical power or ability, well, it, I, he does seem to do well with Defense Against the Dark Arts. Because, but well, because I, the Patronus... It's, it's so... Min- it's like, I don't feel like he stands <laughs> above the rest. It's more about his character that stands above the rest, and that's yeah. fine. But I feel like he should have some advantage when it comes to magic. Well, James, James and Lily were excellent wizards. Like, they're, yes, they were exactly. above, they are above the bar. Exactly. I, think, I think Harry's above the bar. I just I think... Well, and the few times he is above the bar, the book kind of subverts it by saying well those instances are because of his Voldemort connection yeah parcel tongue and ability to 
jump into Snape's mind. I think she could have ran with a little bit. I think she was trying not to make Harry like this all-powerful hero, you know, the main character, blah, 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 which is fine. But at the end of the day, what really pisses me off is like he can create a, he can create a Patronus. He's like 13 years old and he's doing a Patronus. That's like unheard of. Mm-hmm. And that he gets like he gets um, full newts or full whatever end of NWT and EWTs because on the Patronus, Patronus because and no one because they, they're just flabbergasted at some of his age because most people can't do a Patronus and then he teaches other people to do it yeah and like they do go through some of the spells that he's learning and the jinxes and the hexes um, that he's learning I just think that I would being a wizarding book I would have liked to seen more. Of those type of things. That's why I love the movies so much. And some like I not so much the front movies, but I loved like six and and seven and eight on the mm-hmm. movie side of things because you got to see more fighting, yeah, and more kind of dueling. Well, and it I, is interesting how much the movies parallel the book books in terms of maturity, because um, you know you the books. The very first one is a very child oriented read. And it's kind of difficult for me to read nowadays just because of how simple it is. Um, and they progressively get more and more complicated, both in sentence structure and in plot and character development. And the movies are very childlike and whimsy very early on, and they get more mature as they grow too. But the movies, they came out like well after the the books had already matured. So I think that's one reason they kind of failed because while the books grew with their audience, the audience that was there for Harry Potter was already old enough that they wouldn't be that interested in a child, child like movie. movie. Yeah. And so they, the movies, if they had started where they ended, they probably would have done better overall. Although, I don't know how well they were at bringing in new fans. They might have been pretty good at that. Same with the Star Wars prequels. Were pretty popular with younger kids. Um, and a lot of them will tell you that they love the prequels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And I think that Harry Potter has been been pretty popular, um, new and old, and it still gains popularity, obviously. Um, I actually went to Walt Disney World, and I got to go to um, Harry Potter World. Dude, it's awesome. It's really cool. <laughs> and my favorite part, obviously, was Nocturne Alley. It's, like, super dark. It looks just like the movie did, and you kind of get to experience it. So, like, I'm like a Ravenclaw, but I would I would be... And the funny thing it says about my wand, my wand is tempted to turn dark. It can turn dark. It would it would allow me to be a dark wizard. Not that I yeah. would be, but, like, I think I would definitely be... If, if I had compared myself to a Star Wars character, I would be more like a Mace Windu. I would use, like, my anger and my dark side to make me powerful but be able to control or try to control it like um uh for most people i don't know mace windu trained other jedis most of them turned Mm -hmm. evil because i don't want to get too much into star wars but like like there's a correlation there though and the purple lightsaber but i think (laughs) i'd probably want most if i had to pick a jedi to be it'd be obi-wan he's my favorite jedi i could see that I, i have a what, how do you think Obi Wan would be? Do you think he would be a Ravenclaw or a Gryffindor? He would be a Gryffindor, man. He's, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely attracted to the, to the, I always used to be. I don't know what it is, but I really like heroes who are just like, yeah, this is the right thing to do, and we're gonna do the right thing. And they seem to always have this. Maybe it's because I'm not like that in my personal life, because I'm always conflicted about, like I think overthink things so much, but like. Obi-Wan always knew the right side of things and he always did what was right. 
Captain America always is knows it, the right thing to do, and he always does what's right, no matter how difficult it is, no matter and see, I all, like and the consequences. I like Iron yeah. Man yeah. and Mace Windu, which I yeah. like Iron Man too. He's like compelling and interesting, you know. Like as a, from a storytelling perspective, a lot of times antiheroes are way more interesting than like straight up heroes like Superman. But when I really think about it, who are the ones that I want to be. I want to be the guy that knows what's right, the right thing to do. So, yeah, and I, I think Mace Windu has an idea of what was right, but like at the yeah, end of the day, no. well, and he thought he, about it, and he, he thought was, about it, but he, he, just, he arrived at it through reason, which is probably more like me than Obi Wan. But who do I want to be? I want to be Obi Wan, who just knows <laughs> what's right. He doesn't have to spend all his time thinking See, about it. See, <laughs> I think that uh, I think Mace Windu would be a Slytherin. Just because he, he, has, be, yeah. he has his dark tendencies and yeah. like, um, just like, see, I love like comparative stories yeah. because there's a lot of like, even though they're written at different times, like there's a lot of, uh, similarities between the force and that and like yeah. magical power. Because if you really look at it, Harry is kind of like a Mace Windu because since he's part Voldemort, like Farmer's part of him, it's always good to be part of him. Yeah. Even when he dies at the end, like he, the sorting has like, oh, you would do good in Slytherin. And he's yeah. like, I don't want to be in Slytherin. I want right. to be in Gryffindor. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, which is funny that he can make that choice. Right. Well, um, Obviously, Palpatine would be Slytherin, right? <laughs> yeah. But interesting. I think Anakin would be Gryffindor. Do you think so? I think Darth Vader would be in Gryffindor. Yep. He he's a hothead. Goes in. Yeah. Lightsabers blazing, force blazing. Doesn't think too much about it. Knows he's right. That's the problem with knowing you're right. Is but see, if you're wrong, it's not Anakin though. It's Annie. <laughs> We're, we're, we're little judging Annie. little Annie would definitely yeah. be Gryffindor. Yeah, sure. he would definitely be in Gryffindor. Yeah, he'd definitely be Gryffindor. Yeah. You know, um, Yoda. What would Yoda be? I, I mean, he's Yoda's so Ravenclaw. much like Dumbledore. Yoda's Ravenclaw for sure. Know. He's so much like Dumbledore though, and Dumbledore was a Gryffindor. Gryffindor. True, um, but he could be a Arena Ravenclaw though. He's super yeah. smart, cunning. Yeah, no, you know? I think he'd be a good Ravenclaw. He could be a good he, Ravenclaw. He knows a lot about the Force. He's I kind think Buddhist like. Uh, I think if you look at uh, other characters like. Um, uh, what's his name? Finn. But I think Finn would be Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. He just seems like a Hufflepuff to me. He's kind of more of a follower because he's always like, yeah. he's always like he wants to lead but doesn't lead, wants to lead but doesn't lead. Or he'd, right. be, or he'd be like, Finn, and, and, the, and the, the funny thing about we're, we're, we're kind of, uh, we can do this on the next episode too, but like we're kind of re- relying on the two together or putting them, putting them together. Finn is almost a... Um, what do you, what's his name? Neville Longbottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finn could be either Peter. Is Finn Peter or is Finn Neville? I would say he's Neville. He, do you, he, you don't think he's going to turn dark? No, no. Okay, no. I'm just curious. Because, because of his backstory with the First Order, he he's too anti-First Order, I think, to turn First Order. Unless they do some weird thing where they make the First Orders become the good guys, which would be interesting. But That'd be so hard to pull off. That would uh, be so hard to pull off. I don't off. know if they could do that. Um... Oh, not impossible. We're out of time here. Another thing that we were talking about, I think is kind of interesting, that they don't really, they go over the Sorting Hat a little bit, but they never die. Like, the Sorting Hat has a song and dance every now and then. I think they do it for, like, the first four books and they get away from it. But, right. like, he always has that song that he sings. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's always, and it changes, it would change. I know that you can read on Pottermore about it, and I have, but, like, if you just strictly read the books only and you strictly just uh, look at the movies, you're just, like, wondering about the Sorting Hat and its history and, 
You, and how you can all, it be? How can it be? And does it talk to everybody? And I think it does. I think everybody kind of has a choice. And everybody... And so... Well, but sometimes that says that it, they didn't even get it on the head of the person. Okay, so can I... I want to tell you something. And this is awesome. I read this on Pottermore. And I think, I'm pretty sure it was on Pottermore. So you wonder why uh, everybody can't remember what the test is to become what house should be sorting in. So in the very first book, Harry's walking in. He's like, oh, George and them say that they're going to make me arm wrestle a troll or I have to. And Harry's worried about his performance spells. So they're saying that um, the, the, the hat, sorting hat itself is the Fidelius charm where it has a secret keeper. And it tells, and no one, no one can give that secret away because they're not the secret keeper. And so at the end, of, at the end of all the books, by why Harry can tell his son about the Sorting Hat is because the Sorting Hat like reveals itself to Harry, or like it talks to Harry. I can't remember what the 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 gist of it was, but like the hat itself is like a Fidelius charm. That way, no one can, no one can talk about it. That, well, yeah, that would Because say, if you look at it, everybody's right. like, because even Malfoy, well, which, Malfoy's been a wizard for all this time and did not know what this, what happened at the beginning because his parents couldn't tell him. Yeah, I, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you would think Malfoy, like a Slytherin you family. You would brag about it. Well, not even brag about it. You'd think with the Slytherin family, they would tell him exactly what, so that he'd have a leg up, right? That's yeah. a very Slytherin type thing to do. So they, would, they wouldn't be like, oh, no, it's much better if you don't know about it going in. They would be like... This is what you need to do to get ahead. Say you want to be in Slytherin or whatever. You're, yeah, I think that there's some legs to that. Yeah. And so, like, at the end of the book, I think it's, like, book seven when it um, when Neville puts it on or, like, however it works because it has, like, burnt in, like, the in the in the original book. And mm-hmm. um, I think Voldemort sets it on fire. But I think when it, that's how why he can talk about it because re- it's obviously repaired or whatnot. But it, that Fidelius charm had died. And so Harry's telling um, um, James Severus Potter – uh, or Albus Severus Potter about it, or Severus Albus Potter, one of the two, um, yeah. about it. And um, he's like, hey, don't be scary because you're named after the two greatest headmasters Hogwarts has ever had, yeah. or two of the bravest headmasters. So he's talking about the Sorting Hat, but no other no other instance did they ever talk about that. So I thought that was right. always interesting. So that you never is... know. So that's so why I was asking you earlier because I kind of knew. Yeah. I had already done some research on it. Yeah. So I, 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 I kind of knew I like about it. it. It's, I like it's, that like, theory. it's like, it's like, what theory. the fuck moment? Like, it's like, it makes oh, sense. Yeah. So it's it's weird. So the fidelity charm works, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't tell the wrong person. Yeah, exactly. You know, you end up like James and Lily. Uh, Another thing I kind of wanted to hit on was out of of all the characters, um, when you're you're going through the list of what's going on, do you think that, for example, do you think that if – one character alive, it would have changed the complete outlook of the book. Like, for for example, mm-hmm. you think if Dumbledore would have stayed alive, would would Voldemort succeed? Like, or if Sirius was alive, would Voldemort succeed? Because it seems like Voldemort would. Well, have, there's two. He it seems like Voldemort aspects would have won. of that question, like completely changed the nature of the book. For sure. And switched the ending, because um, I, I think Dumbledore surviving would change the rest of the books quite a bit. But wouldn't necessarily change the ending. Wouldn't have much of an impact on the ending, probably, because I feel like the, if Dumbledore lives, Harry will still succeed. Voldemort will still be defeated. Because how I look at it is, Harry has to die. Dumbledore knows Harry has to die by yeah. Voldemort's own hand. But my thing is, Dumbledore didn't plan for Harry to die this soon. 
Dumbledore planned to, like, after Harry graduated, to probably teach Harry more and prep him for battle. I think yeah. Dumbledore always knew once Harry died, he's going to come back to life. He'd be able to choose that that route yeah. and come back. I think he always, he, well, I guess he did know that. He guessed. It was like a mathematical guess or whatever right, he was right, saying. Right. But um, I also think that, you know, if he would have stayed alive, it would have been interesting. Um, maybe Harry would have been more full of himself at the end battle. He would have lost right. the edge over Voldemort. Maybe I, don't, there's a little, I think yeah. there would have been a more chance of, Dumb- of Voldemort actually succeeding. Yeah. There would have been more deaths, obviously. Um, it would have been a hell of a battle. It would have been a better battle, I think. It would have been a cool-ass battle. Right. At the end, you know, you got Dumbledore out there trying to... And like, and that's another thing. At the end of the book, do you see how many Death Eaters there are? Like, in, like you, you look at the movie, there's like... A ton of Death Eaters. There's like no one at Hogwarts. Yeah. So like that's what I was saying. Are all wizards racist? Like like how many Death Eaters yeah. are there? Like <laughs> yeah, that's something. Well, just like with the I guess I take that economy back. stuff. It's it is kind of glossed over. At least in the book, it's definitely glossed over. And, and I take that back. There's very few Death Eaters because um, another thing that's really cool about Harry Potter. Like I said, we could talk about this forever. But do you know what a Death Eater is? They got the mark right on their arm. Yes, but do you know what? It, like, so a Death Eater is there's only there's only few people that are actually Death Eaters. It's like Voldemort's most inner circle. Yeah. Um, and there's some theories out there about how you become a Death Eater. So do you know how a Horcrux is made? Yeah, you kill someone and then you split your soul. Okay. And imbue it, imbue that fragment of your soul into a, a artifact. Okay, sort of. Yeah. So this is really great. So they finally got the answers from J.K. Rowling on how it's created. So Voldemort would kill people. Yeah. Then he would eat them as like as encompassing them. And then they would do a magical ritual after that and then imbue the item. So and there's a theory out there that the um, that to become a death eater that you would have to assist in some way. That like they don't know like but he doesn't he's really there's there's a theory that, that could be it, but there's also a theory that that can't be it because the fact that Dumbledore, he doesn't really tell anybody about his, his about his horcruxes. He gives them to Bellatrix and and to um, uh, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Uh, Malfoy. He gives them, but he doesn't tell them what they are. He just hands those yeah, the objects. Seems a little uh, uh, careless with his horcruxes, <laughs> if you ask me. Uh, yeah. I don't think he expected Malfoy to do anything with his diary, but again, still, it's still like, careless. No, especially, yeah, like a diary, like if but he's so like f- if you gave Malfoy something like a gem or something that obviously of obvious importance, but don't tell him it's a horcrux, he would just assume it's importance like that, like uh like a Ravenclaw's diadem or something. Yeah. He'd be like, okay, I understand why he wants me to protect this. But if you give him a journal, yeah, he's going to give that to Jenny because he's like, well, it's some sort of cursed magical item, but, like, it's just a journal. <laughs> and another thing that you never find out, Regulus, um, Regulus Black, you know, mm-hmm. um, who, who stole the locket, you never find out how he uh, – I guess he didn't destroy the locket. We, I, I think I think if, if that theory about Death Eaters is correct, yeah, he was probably – he probably helped him do the locket um, – and that's what made him decide to not become a Death Eater, although he just became one or something. Yeah. And that's how he knew about it and wrote that little note that that sets them off to... To, um, to find out who RGB is. Right. And I, I thought that was always interesting. And the other theory is there's an actual... Um, 
a history about a person who kind of formed the word Death Eater. And um, it was I was trying to listen to it the other day. I couldn't really dive into it all because I was working. But it was it was cool because it kind of went over the history of it. And I thought it was really interesting about how um, the dark arts kind of like was surrounded by this one person. And they and the Death Eaters just kind of took after that person. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of formed their own word. But the Eaters of Death, pretty much. Yeah, like they can conquer sense. death. So And I thought that was interesting. But... Um, I I just I wish they would explain more about Horcruxes. You, they were chasing them so much that we didn't get much explanation about them. Right. Yeah. They like it how to make them and all that kind of thing. Well, it was forbidden. We're not allowed to know. True. <laughs> we don't have access. It to was the in the restricted section. The restricted section. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wish I had an invisibility cloak. That could be cool. Um, I guess we'll end with it's about an hour now. Um, one of the things I kind of want to end with is. If you could have any Deathly Hallow, which one would you choose? Hmm. Well, I mean, I'll just gonna I'm gonna use history as my guide. I'll take the cloak. It seems to be the the best one to take. You can hide from death, and no one's chasing after you to steal the powerful wand. And I don't remember what the other one did. The uh, resurrection stone. Oh, duh. Okay. Yeah. It, it, well, that one was that's interesting, but. How it's that one seemed a little underpowered, like that definitely seems like the weakest one of the. Well, it you was just twisted. You can see your old family. No, 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 no. It was it was weak in the way the way Harry used it yeah. was he didn't want to bring anybody back. Yeah, he just wanted to talk to him. Yeah, the other person actually brought his wife back and ended up like. So you can actually bring them all. Yeah, back. you can, but okay. they don't. They don't it's, like, it's like pet cemetery ish. Yeah. Like they don't come yeah. back quite they, right, you know. Yeah, and so like dropping rats in the bathtub. Yeah, he killed her and then he killed himself. Um, and that was like the the sad tale. I think I would choose the other one, and. You're gonna be fighting off a lot of. I think, but for the Upstarts. reason I wouldn't choose it for like a reason like oh I got the older wand. Um, I would choose it for like I bet I can make a bunch of cool shit with this wand, and I could advance like wizard kind. Wizard kind, you yeah. know what I mean, in a good fashion. Kind of, and that's exactly what Dumbledore did. You know, and Dumbledore never you never knew Dumbledore had the other wand. That's kind yeah, of how I always looked right. at it. If I was like a person, I'd be like, well, yeah, if you can, you know, hide the fact that you have it. Yeah. Um. Then sure, yeah. But also, I'm just saying, we've got two stories now, <laughs> two different stories. Can I which things? is the best one to have in both stories? Uh, Neither. The first story, the best one to have was the that the original Deathly Hallows story. The, the best cloak. one is to have the cloak. That's clear. But in Harry Potter's case, I mean, Dumbledore died. Harry didn't. Yeah. Harry did die, and then he came back to life. True. So and then, uh, but but Harry welcomed death because of the cloak. It's funny though. Harry did welcome death though. Yeah. He, he yeah, took he off did. his. He took off his. Do you notice that he took off his cloak? Yeah. At the edge of the forest and welcomed death. Right. Well, I didn't know he, he already explicitly, I think, but yeah, like but, it's symbolic of that. Yeah, yeah. I think because it's he, symbolic of the story. He takes. He, yeah, it does match with that. He did, takes the cloak off and then steps forward, knowing that this will be his death. Do you know that um, how Harry got the cloak? Well, his dad had it. Yeah, but do you know why his dad had it? I don't remember. So his, so the guy, the, 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 the guys that created the Hallow, Harry is descendants of those and the cloak was passed down through his family. Right. So, and, uh, so they're always, so Harry's always, that's, he's always been a Deathly Hallow pretty much. Much like, uh, Voldemort. And Dumbledore. Because he had the resurrection stone and the ring. Uh, that his dad passed down, blah, 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 blah. 
Now the elder one, that obviously that's that's got a bloody history. Yeah. So it's not passed down through family, but but I think it said that like Dumbledore and Harry were kind of related in a way. Like they're they're both from Godric's Hallow. That's that's yeah. the crazy thing is yeah. Dumbledore's from Godric's Hallow and. Um, and yeah, that's one thing I still don't quite understand about the Wizarding World. It's so small. The way they portray it, it's like, oh, there's these like little communities of like five people. <laughs> like this town is five people big. And, I and think yet Godric's, somehow they're all getting married. And it's like, so, I think Godric's Hall was a little bit bigger than that. But I guess if you, if you at the end of the day, if you look at well, genetics, and you, and you think about how many out of... The important people. If you did it per capita, say out of, out of a thousand, yeah. how many babies out of a thousand would have magical births or be magical? Well, if you're wizarding like the Weasleys, all of their kids had magic. No, I'm That's just... 100%. I'm saying out of, out of all births, like a thousand. I mean, how many like, people are like of... Well, but I guess what I'm saying is of wizards, it seems to be... Most Like most 90% because... Because you have or very 99. few squibs, and squibs are people who should have magic. I get that. Don't. So we would have to know to do the study. You'd have to know right. how many wizard families there are total. Right. So you count those versus right. with the and overall. And then with Muggles, it's pretty small percentage. Yeah. Of- so okay. So so take this. So say you only had a population of wizards, but the the crazy thing is, I guess in today's society, it's it's okay to. That's what I like about the race thing. Mix. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. wizards and non-wizards, it's okay for them to mix. Like Seamus is like, oh, my dad found out. Like it was yeah. a surprise. Like right. his dad didn't find out until Seamus got the letter to Hogwarts. Yes. It's like his mom's like, oh, I'm a witch, by the way. So is our son. Like he's a wizard. Yeah. You know? Right. And I always, I thought that was awesome. Right. Uh, but like now it's like there's always those subtle hints of like, like inner racism. But I think that now that the wizarding population is going to go through a baby boom because it's now that Harry's in charge. And then you haven't read the new books yet. I'm going to be a little spoiler here, but Hermione becomes a minister, some ministress of magic or minister of magic. She becomes a minister of magic and she's a mudblood. So, right. um, I think that's a pretty, uh, I, th- I think that was pretty interesting in itself because you're like, Oh no. So is it going to be, she's muggle, got muggle parents. So is that going to be make a baby boom? Right. So all of a sudden like the wizarding population is going to expand. Cause because they're going to be more tolerant all of a sudden. Yeah, maybe. Well, and also, yeah, you don't hear much about, yeah, the, the muggle wizard relationships. Although obviously, like you said, Seamus's parents had that going on. You do hear about, muggles who somehow have a magical kid but or magical parents who somehow have a or or a mudblood with a wizard but the, or a wizard with a giant which <laughs> well, is really true. weird there are lots of but <laughs> yeah i i i it just this seems to me like the wizard the magic person with a muggle is a difficult how does that even happen because they're like not even interacting with each other so that means you marry someone but there's this whole part of you that you can't which I mean I know that happens in real life and everything but it's like there's that marriage is kind of built on a f- falseness there the person is unless you're honest true. and that, okay here's the thing is though obviously same as same as his mom was honest but there are honest there are honest relationships with uh muggles non-muggles but I think the most compelling one that would show you the false of relationship is Voldemort's mom she put Voldemort, she put Tom Riddle under a love spell. 
Yeah. And then when Tom Riddle found out, he denied her, and then she committed suicide. Right. He got put into the orphan, and then he finds out, like, oh, you, you forced my mom to kill herself, and he kills Tom Riddle, blah, blah, blah. You know, he goes to the Riddle house. So that obviously set Tom – that set Voldemort up for failure, you know? And I, I think he, if – Tom Riddle may have liked, you know, her more when she had her powers because she was super powerful – and that's another thing that's crazy too. Like her, her dad and her brother were so mean to her that she lost all of her magical powers. So magical is like super feeling. So it's really weird that Harry ever showed magical powers in the first place. Yeah. Because the Dursleys were damned and determined to stomp it out of him. Like he was the devil himself, you know? Right, that's true. So Well, they kind of did succeed. I mean, like he didn't, it wasn't till he didn't demonstrate this stuff until his 11th birthday. Well, no, like, no, because he would end up on like, he, he would always get in random trouble because he would be like, he'd be running from the bullies and he would end up on the school roof. Right. Or, I thought the way he it, was talking about it, it seemed like that was all happened in the last year, but maybe not. Which Like I'm, it was a recent occurrences. Which gets into the theory that like carries all this magical words in Harry's, in Harry's head, which I think is art of bullshit. I refuse to believe in well, that theory. Yeah, it's obviously not true in the sense that I don't think that's what J.K. Rowling's intentions were. I like the theory. I like those kind of ideas, as long as it's not like a cop-out ending, which I don't think that obviously wouldn't because we had a real ending. Yeah. But like, I'm, I just mean like a, like in a lost situation or something where you, you can't. Oh, you wrote yourself in a corner and you can't resolve everything. So, oh, it was a dream, and then that fixes any problems. Like if you're using that to escape problems that you created with your writing then it's a cop-out and that's a bad ending. But I, I like those kind of idea, those kind of stories where it's like, like, um, well, I'm not the biggest fan of Pan's Labyrinth, but that's an example. Like the girl is creating this magical world to kind of deal with the, you know, being under Nazi rule and getting killed by Nazis. And so it's, Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, Spoiler alert. We'll put that in the description. Yeah. I'm just joking. Uh, it's, it's been out long enough. Right. I've yeah. never actually seen Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's a, it's like this, it's just like these fairy tales that the girl is telling herself to deal with her very unpleasant reality. And, you know, I, I, I find, I like, there's a sense of poetry about that. I think I like Harry Potter so much that. It would just ruin Harry Potter for me if that were the. I know J.K. Rowling's right. not making it the case, and she's kind of hinted like, "Oh, that would be a good. That'd be good." But I, I know that that wouldn't be the actual answer, and I just right. I can't fathom it right now. I'm too big of a fan of Harry Potter. Right. Yes, I think that makes sense. I can, I can understand that you like it the way it is. So then, if it became that, it would kind of change everything out from underneath you, um, in a way that doesn't fit with what you already know. So. Well, we need to wrap up, but I have one more question. Um, I, this is for Jesse, who is one of our counterparts, and uh, <laughs> what house do you think Donald Trump would be in? Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, that would be a hard one. Okay, he's definitely not going to be in Ravenclaw. Um, I mean, I, I would put him in either Slytherin. I would lean towards Slytherin because of his naked ambition and putting himself above everyone else but I think the second house under that would be Gryffindor because he's loud boastful you know like just always going off about how great he is 
he obviously, I mean, if he really believes it, like Gryffindors can believe yeah. that kind of stuff, he could be a Gryffindor, but I, I who, lean towards Slytherin. You know who Donald Trump reminds me of? Percy Weasley, a little bit. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, he, but he's too, like... Too, too smart. Too straight-laced. Yeah. Well, and also too straight-laced. Like, see, that, and that's why I lean towards Slytherin, because... Trump isn't about playing by the rules at all. He doesn't care about rules. He cares about himself and making himself win. And that's... But, like, he comes off as a Gryffindor with the way he talks and everything like that. But it's very clear he has no respect for any rules of any kind. He only respects them as much as he needs to appear to be respecting them so other people won't, like, get mad at him. Is one of the Which Slyth- is what a Slytherin does. Is, is one of the Slytherin questions rules are meant to be broken? <laughs> well, Actually, that would be a Harry question because probably... Harry has no... But then you could also argue that Harry has no care for the rules either. Harry that's breaks true. like every damn rule. That's true. He, it's, yeah, that's true. So it's, 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 I would argue it's slightly different. It's like the <laughs> you break the rules that, you know, like you have your own internal set of rules that you never break. But, I mean... Effectively, that's the same thing as a, as a Slytherin who's like, uh, their, their rules don't matter as long as I'm ahead. It, you know, might look the same from the outside, so you don't know their internal clock. I was going to go with Slytherin, too, just because he's uh, a TV, act, TV star. You know yeah. what I mean? I think any reality slash TV star is going to well, be a Slytherin. I don't most, know most what um, Gilderoy Lockhart was, but I would put him as a Gryffindor. He was a Ravenclaw. He was a Ravenclaw? Yeah. God, that's so ironic. And I, 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 that, I think that's That's, that's probably why it was that. Well, but, he's, but if you think about it, he's super Well, he's, he's super intelligent. You know? And he's good like at riddles manipulative. and manipulative and... Like, like he's good at like he's yeah. good at like like I said, Obliviate was like he was great at that. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's, so maybe he's smart maybe he Trump can... is Ravenclaw, not smart in the sense of book smart, but he's manipulative. But, he's very cunning. But the thing is, Gilroy Lockhart could also write <laughs> too. Like yeah. he'd write his books and that's true. He would take people's accounts right. down. And... I would have put him as picked him as a Gryffindor. Like I would. I think of like jocks and actors like. Like model type actors, not like the nerdy artsy type actor. I think of them as like as Gryffindors, like you know, lead the charge. Yeah, and I, I'm going to be out front and leading everybody, um, and I'm not really going to think about things too much. Which that's the aspect that's like Trump, where he, I, I'm just going to say my feelings and make everybody else do what I think because because my what I think is most important. <laughs> But I can also, I don't know, politicians, a lot of them probably are Slytherins. I don't know, it'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, we have to, yeah. Again, we're going to have to come back and we're going to have to come back to it and see how many Ministers of Magic had been Slytherin versus Gryffindors. Yeah, I wonder. I think Rowling would probably definitely put him in Slytherin, even though she's she's always said that Slytherin isn't an evil house, but, I mean, <laughs> it's kind dangerous. of a little bit of an evil house. Yeah. Even if it's not meant to be, it kind of is. Um, she would definitely put him in Slytherin. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for today. Um, hope you guys liked it. I think it was really, it was a really intriguing conversation. We hit a lot of topics and a lot of theory and a lot of non-theory and a lot of book topics, but it's it's good. We, we discussed a lot of good stuff, and then uh, next week we'll probably dive into some Star Wars. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, we haven't discussed what we want to do next, but I'm always game to talk Star Wars, and we already did it a little bit. Well, here, The Last so. Jedi's out. So yeah. down for downloads. I say we should watch that and we can hit up Star Wars and we'll just make it like a, the you, if you want first to. Couple. You don't really like Last Jedi, so I, I don't want to force you to endure that. It's okay. All right. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.